morning, church family. My name is Chelsea Neal. I'm on staff with the production team here at North Coast, and I am bringing us our daily hope out of Psalms 102 today. So if you want to take a moment and push the pause button in the corner and read ahead, right now would be a great time. But let's dive in. Psalms 102 is entitled a prayer of an afflicted person who has grown weak and pours out in a lament before the Lord. What I love about this psalm as I've been meditating on it over these last few days in preparation of this recording is that at plain face it reads like just a man or a woman suffering uh like many of us who have been weighed by the weight of sin suffer in this life on earth before we enter our eternal hope. But something struck me and I feel almost as though this could have been a prayer of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. And so while I recognize we're in the week of Christmas leading up to the birth of Jesus, I think it's worth recognizing the weight of why Jesus needed to be born in the first place so that he could ultimately be that sacrifice to us. And so the first 11 stanzas of this scripture is this expression of the suffering of this person, the affliction and the way they're, they're weak and torn down. And so as you've read that, I want to hold that in contrast to Isaiah 53 verses 3 through 4 where it talks about Jesus, who's acquainted with our grief, it says that he is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. And so as we look at Psalms 102, at the first section of this passage, if we read it with the light of the life of Jesus on it, and what Isaiah says about the coming Messiah is we we see that Jesus is acquainted with our sufferings. He's acquainted with her every day. But I love the response of the author of this psalm in verse 12 toward the end of the passage where he's ex exalts Jesus, but you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. You will arise and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her. And it is as though this person is crying out for the second coming of Jesus. I feel like this tells the story of the beginning all the way to the end. And I... I see again at verse 20 where it connects back to Isaiah 61. Verse 20 of Psalms 102 says to hear, or 19 and 20 says, The Lord looked down from his sanctuary on high. From heaven he viewed the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners and release those condemned to death. And Jesus in Isaiah 61 Verse one, it says that he came to proclaim liberty to the captives. And so the very life of Jesus, who's acquainted with our sufferings, his coming has been to proclaim us that freedom, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We get to spend our life in eternity in all things, which that truth in and of itself is an encourage to us at the very end of this psalm. It says at verse 28, the children 
of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you, which we know this as truth, but let's contrast it to the verses right prior. It says at 25, in the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. And then verse 26 says, they will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like clothing, you will change them and they will be discarded. But you remain the same and your years will never end. And then verse 28 again, the children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. This is our eternal hope. This is our hope today, this week, as we head into Christmas, that we are eternal beings. We have been marked by Jesus. We've been filled with the hope of the Holy Spirit. And we will not perish. We will remain with God. We will be seated with him. We will see him in all of his glory. Amen and amen. So Jesus, we thank you that you are the righteous one, that you call us to love you, Lord, to follow in your footsteps. We're grateful for you being acquainted with our griefs, acquainted with our sufferings, and we worship you this morning in this week of Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone.